0: hey everyone and welcome to yet another edition in fact it's the trade deadline edition of a bit of fellatio i am your host jason geller alongside producer extraordinaire john maddox how you doing today johnny good how are you doing jay i'm doing excellent well i'm doing excellent for the sake of the show happy week 10 episode Week 10 episode, which is not our 10th episode. This is our 11th episode. Yeah, I was going to say 10th episode, but we had a bonus in there. So technically technically the 11th, but, you know. And technically is all that matter with you and I. Sure. So week 10, episode 11, number one on the Spotify charts, or at least top 200, number one in Germany. Bit of fellatio. Welcome to the show. We have another jam-packed edition. Like I said, the trade deadline is coming up. The official trade deadline is, oh, geez, is it Friday or Saturday? Everything has to be accepted by Friday in order to go through this week. So If you're on the fence, don't forget, midnight tonight, well, Tuesday night, probably too late by the time you're listening to this, if you have players in the Thursday night game, anyone else, get those trades in now, because, man, this trade deadline's coming up. In fact, I've got it here. Officially, trade deadline is Saturday the 19th.
1: So, accepted by Saturday, it would go through the following Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. That's correct. We'll make sure that
0: they go through. Everything goes through, as long as it's accepted by them, but it may not go into effect for this week. So, that's a little commissioner clarification for you. But looks like a lot of teams um, have already taken advantage of the impending trade deadline. We'll get to those later in the show today. But first, before we get into any of that, we want to talk about what just happened. Week 10, number one score. We always lead with this now. The Philadelphia Boneheads, by virtue of their famous Minnesota Vikings. They led the way, kind of a low-scoring week across the board. They led the way with 111 points, so the high-scoring team. Um, unfortunately, I was a victim of that, um, as was the uh, New Jersey mob. So, Andrew, 2-0 and again, brought himself up to 10-10, and 10, brought himself to 500, right back in a playoff position as it stands right now. Um, and yeah, he's got Justin Jefferson with the highlight reel catch, 193 yards and a touchdown to thank. Dalvin that Cook, would... over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. You have comments, John? Uh, just that
1: Justin Jefferson catch
0: was insane. I had to describe it to Darlene, and I said, you remember that Odell Beckham catch from years ago where he caught it one-handed over his head? This one may have been better.
1: But I, I don't think he makes that catch if the defender's not there helping him. You if think you it, go back... If you go back and watch it, he was—it was behind all of this, and the defender was actually like keeping it pressed into his hand. Without that, I, I think he
0: drops it when the when he hits the ground. You guys saw it. John's not impressed. Maybe maybe some of you are impressed, but John's
1: not. I'm impressed with think. him sticking with it. I just don't think that he makes that catch if the defender
0: is not also fighting for the ball. Fair enough, John. You've always got something to nitpick on, don't you? No, it's right. good. Good. Okay, good. We're glad we got John's seal of approval on that catch, along with all the other catches that he made. Um, Andrew also got contributions from Derek Carr, who he stuck around on his roster long enough to put up a 17. Terry McLaurin, 12 points. Dalton Schultz, an 11. Um, Even his kicker and defense chipped in with nine each. He's got a big zero from Noah Brown. I think one of the things we want to focus on when we're talking about teams this week and how they did is, let's also talk about what do they need to do over the course of the trade deadline coming up here. Uh, Some teams may have already addressed their needs. Uh, Others like Andrew still has seemingly something outstanding right now. um, He's got best option on his bench. I mean, Mike Williams, if he ever comes back, but otherwise it's Jacoby Myers. So Andrew's got a big gaping hole on the wide receiver. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. He's got another highlight reel wide receiver there. Well, between the Philadelphia boneheads and all of his NFL teams he's currently signed to, that's a total of one team. Andrew did get a little bit of bad news that turned into good news though this week. Um, And here's what I mean by that is Leonard Fournette, who he started and put up a nine point uh, performance this week. He's got a little bit of hip injury uh, forced out of the game. Um, he's supposed to be available this week, uh, or excuse me, next week coming up after their bye week this week. But you wonder if it doesn't start to open more of a path for Rashad White and Rashad White, you know, obviously were to miss any time, Rashad White really becomes a must start for Andrew.
1: Without that, you think that he's just guessing coin, coin flip to see who he's starting week to week from here on out.
0: You know, his other options are Deion Jackson, who isn't going to do anything while Jonathan Taylor's around. He's got, Chuba Hubbard, who's now the number two definitively behind Deontay Foreman in Carolina. And then the next best option is Caleb Huntley. So I think really it's a matter of choosing from his two Tampa Bay running backs. And I think if one of them were to go out, especially since it seems like White's trending up and Fournette's trending down, it would make the decision a lot easier for Andrew. Whereas if they're splitting time 50-50, you know, it's flip a coin every week.
1: It sounds like you're saying, though, that he not only needs to fill in another wide receiver, but he's going to be making a trade. He could really improve his second running back as well if he wants to make a strong playoff push.
0: Yes, I suppose if, if you were an owner who was looking to unload a running back, you would definitely make that case on a publicly available podcast. Am I looking to unload a running back? You might be.
1: No. I oh. mean, maybe maybe in exchange for Justin Jefferson,
0: but look, look, I, I shook that tree. I'd be remiss not to have shaken that tree. <laughs> um, and Andrew made it clear that he said other owners came through and just not interested. Uh, and I get it, you know, Justin Jefferson not only is arguably I'd say a top 3 Wide receiver right now. I mean, you can argue which where they fall between him and Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs. Apologies to Cooper Cup, uh, but those are the top three I feel right now. And you know, for Jefferson to be on a nine dollar contract, he could just franchise him for another three or four years and still get value out of that. So I, I don't, I don't blame him for holding on to Jefferson. But he listened yeah. at least. Well, and you, you said he was a high scorer, so he obviously went two and zero. Oh. Uh, one of the teams he beat, the Detroit Roadies. Yes, my Detroit Roadies. A little bittersweet there for a while. Um, we got Justin Fields finally, you know, like in the starting lineup, felt good about starting him coming off of last week's 170-something rushing yards. Did it again, 147-yard rushing yards, 167 passing, two through the air, two, through, two on the ground, 38 points against the Detroit Lions, still in a losing effort, which was really the best possible outcome I could have asked for, for him to put up a monster game and still lose. So, yeah, Justin Fields did great. He did help me win the game against Mike. Um, I won that game by 11 points. And so, you know, if Justin Fields puts up 25, I lose. Very happy with the 38 that he did put up. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you've got
1: to you've got to like your outlook here with Fields playing so well. You've got Swift who's slowly coming back. You've got Stevenson, and then your trio of wide receivers. You've got Alave, Tyreek Hill, Metcalf. You got to be feeling really strong considering you're in the weakest division about your chances
0: about making it to the playoffs, right? Well, John, I know what you're doing. You're trying. See, this is where it was bittersweet, and it's because yes, I did make a couple of trades. We'll delve into those on the call on the uh show later today here uh but no I, a lot of the guys you mentioned are on their way out um deandre mm. swift which was a personal one that was hard to get rid of for me um he's at 24 dollars for a while i thought i was franchising him over and over again dk metcalf's on his way out tyreek hill's on his way out it, it, it was tough because my pre-up was fields and swift and stevenson like you mentioned the three receivers hill metcalf Alave, and mark andrew's coming back from by and i felt like that team was was up there as far as rosters and, and roster composition, the problem is I'm too far out of playoff contention to be able to control my own destiny. And that, to me, was the problem because I didn't think it was a team that was still set up to go 8-0. And it, it just really was a, a decision-making standpoint for me to just say, you know what, let's pack it in. And honestly, it's probably the right move, but it still stings when you have to you know, regroup and, and pack it in and, and not give your best this year and focus on the future.
1: It does. I'm still pulling for you because you play my competition. Uh, we play two games against each other in our divisions from here on out, correct?
0: That, um, I can't guarantee everyone plays two games against everyone in their division, but I know you and I do play twice left to go. Um, so you certainly were probably happy to make the trade with me knowing that it was going to weaken me. Again, we'll talk about the trade aspects and everything going forward. I'm just happy. At least, you know, I didn't go 0-2 this week. Fields led the way. Everyone else, kind of, I mean, my second highest performer was Tyler Bass. So when your kicker is your second best player, it you know, it's not ideal. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, everyone else kind of, Drop the ball a little bit. It's kind of, you know, bittersweet that it has to end like this, but at least I got to escort the mob out of playoff contention at this point, they finished. 0 and two this week, despite big performances from Aaron Jones, 20 points, Geno Smith, 19 points and new acquisition, Jamal Williams, 11 points, everyone else from there, you know, really dropped the ball. And I think Mike was feeling the, the impact from Cincinnati being on a buy, you know, he just got uh, Joe Mixon. He already had T Higgins. Um, and so, you know, Mike's team, you know, it's, probably over for him at this stage. He also lost Dallas Goddard, who is out indefinitely. He's not going to be out for the entire year, may or may not go on IR, but certainly not going to be available for the foreseeable future. So Mike is, you know, last place right now, seven and 13, probably too much ground to make up whatsoever.
1: He's not mathematically out of it. Um, He's got Marquise Brown that's coming back, hopefully this week. He's got Kadarius Toney, who's making a name for himself in KC.
0: So, yeah, and that, that could be the big X factor going forward, not just for this year, but I think, uh, you know, it's something where he's got him on contract through 2023, only a dollar. That's the silver lining, mate. That that may be the light at the end of the tunnel for him is if Kadarius Tony can be half decent. I think he t- gets returns on, you know, a $1 salary if he becomes the guy in Kansas City, which let's not forget, he was just a first round pick a year ago. So, you know, in the right offense, which Andy Reid's offense is certainly um, qualifying as the right offense for many a player, that could be, you know, a big portion of his team going forward.
1: Yeah, with those guys, he can still put together a decent lineup week to week here for the rest of the, the season. He, he's he got a shot at squeaking into the playoffs. He, he's going to have to do something at tight end now, but I wouldn't completely write his team off. I would.
0: No offense. <laughs> I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying 7-13 and 13 with all those teams ahead of him. Yes, you might be able to leapfrog the team that's currently in sixth place right now. I mean, that's viable potentially where 6th place is currently sitting at at 10 and 10, two teams at 6th place right now are tied for that. But not only does he have to get ahead of those teams, he's got to get ahead of the team, uh, Brett's team, who's 9, 10, and 1. Me and Ricky, who are both 8 and 12. I just don't know that he can get ahead of those teams all at the same time when some of those teams are playing each other and are going to get wins here and there. Sure. So, but we'll see. I mean, you know, if he wins out, he's only got 13 losses, so best possible record, 15 and 13. Usually within this league here, um, 500 can get you into the playoffs or just a hair above 500, so... Still, is, Yeah, you're right. He could control, not control his own destiny, but make it difficult on the teams in front of him by winning out. It will take a pretty miraculous last four weeks, but let's move on to uh, the next group of teams you got here. Who you got? Yep. Another uh, team that may have saved his season um, this week, uh, Brett's team, uh, the self-proclaimed league champ, had a big two in a week for himself here. Um, in this case here, 99 points. He um, got wins over the Flins. Lamb went ham. Jonathan Taylor came back. Um, with a vengeance and you know 27 points from lamb 21 points from Jonathan Taylor who probably had to love seeing uh what's going on with Jeff Saturday coaching Indianapolis Matt Ryan suddenly and and quickly out of nowhere back in the equation and I think when you go from Sam Ellinger to Matt Ryan it opens up everything on offense where instead of the offense being one-dimensional you've got to give respect to the receivers and the passing game and so Jonathan Taylor took advantage of that 48 points from those two players combined he beats the gingers he also beats Sean's team and really just a uh uh, you know, a big week for him, unfortunately, may have been timed a little bit too late because he had just <laughs> traded away a couple players.
1: Well, and that's the thing. He made the trade to Sean, correct? He did. So Sean got beat by his own players this week because of the timing of that trade. They didn't get it. Uh, what Did they have somebody on Thursday night game last week? Is they that did. why it didn't
0: go through? It's funny. It was Kyle Pitts who played on Thursday, who hung up the trade and cost Sean one last time because I had the trade gone through. Sean would have <laughs> had CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> But no, it's just probably Kyle, a fitting end to Kyle, Kyle Pitts' tenure. He gave Sean the middle finger on the way out. He sure did. Um, and he scored a whopping two points um, instead of Cole Komet on his bench with 19. Hey, and, and while we're talking about Brett, just uh, a
1: public congratulations.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. I, we came out, news came out on Wednesday, just after we put this podcast uh, last week out there. Brett's going to be a proud new papa. Yeah. So congratulations from the entire bit of staff here. Uh, Welcome really to the club. Cool me and John, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, all jokes aside, I'm yeah, really happy for you. Um, hopefully uh, your fantasy football attentiveness doesn't drop off. Or hopefully it does.
1: Now we're all, will you'll be on a level playing field with the rest of us that have to deal with kids. Now you're playing on expert mode.
0: <laughs> well, all right. So, um, you know, Brett, now he is just a half game shy of 500. He's 9-10-1. Like we said, the team's at 500, which is Sean and Andrew, 10-10. and So Brett's right there. I mean, he can sneak into playoffs a couple different ways. One, he can get a wild card spot. He's only a half game out. And he's not far behind you, John, for the division lead with um, our division, which I'll admittedly say is the worst of the three divisions this year. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, I but concur. John, you're only 11-9, and nine, so he's only a game and a half back of that division lead. Yep. So Brett beats Sean. Sean at least salvaged a win over Mikey. Um, I don't know how much he earned it, but Uh, We'll get to that in a second. But Sean did have strong games, I know, out of Saquon Barkley, 21 points. Um, The rest was kind of a group effort. I mean, his his Titans defense, which, you know what, he picked up off waivers and got 14 points out of. Sean, great job. Um, You know, we've been pretty complimentary of you this season. um, And I think the Titans waiver claim pickup, putting up 14 points on your roster when you end up winning by five in one of these games, certainly, you know, shows fantasy football skill. Yeah. Identifying a Good, good defense there. Good job, Sean. You either got lucky or there's a bit of collusion going on. So the collusion aspect, I don't know that it's, I'm not going to call it collusion. I think Mikey is certainly a proud fantasy football owner to some extent. However, Mikey, we got to, this is one of the most egregious examples of fantasy football ineptitude. You left your quarterback in and he didn't play and you don't even have any kids to justify you know, distracting you or anything.
1: So when, when little brother purposely doesn't start a quarterback and hands you know, older brother a win it feels a little
0: bit like collusion well here's the thing Mikey. my argument is is mikey may just be bad at fantasy football not bad but just not as good as the rest of us because you accused him of colluding with me a few weeks ago in the kirk cousins robert woods trade um, now you're accusing him of colluding with sean i'm wondering why you think he's colluding with everyone instead of just maybe just being not great at fantasy and making poor decisions sometimes Good at fantasy football and he's only here to collude with you and sean I don't think he would be colluding with me and Sean. I think if he was going to collude, he could collude with Wobble or someone who's doing well.
1: No, I will give you an opportunity to give Mikey a break here. Looking at his team, his roster, he does not have another quarterback on his roster that he could have started. Uh, He's got Trey Lance there that's on IR. And on a long contract, so we can't drop him. Yeah. So looking at his team, the players that he could drop are players that you don't really want to drop. A lot he of other guys Kenyon
0: Drake, that's that's probably the, the guy that doesn't have a contract that he could have dropped. And and
1: and that's the only one that I really saw was, OK, drop Kenyon Drake, pick up a, a quarterback, start a, a full active
0: roster. Yeah. You know, he could have dropped Robert Woods. But once again, he valued Robert Woods. I don't I honestly don't think and maybe he can tell us, let us know. I think he just missed missed out on this one. I think he was not paying attention. Which, even though it was a 4 o'clock game, the rumblings were there. I was reading Schefter in the morning. He was saying, Adam Schefter, that that Colt McCoy's family was buying up tickets because they knew what the rest of the Cardinals organization kind of knew, which was that Kyler wasn't playing. Um, So the writing was on the wall there and probably should have at least had a contingency plan in place, even if it means picking up Colt McCoy or John Wofford or someone else that's starting a 4 o'clock game or later that you could just plug in on the fly once inactives were announced. So I don't think he was right. I think he was just ignorant or or lackadaisical in paying attention this week.
1: And the other thing, he was, he was a pretty heavy underdog in all of the previews for this week. So he may have figured it wasn't worth dropping somebody and picking up a quarterback because he might, he's probably going to lose anyways. But then he gets a big game out of Kirk and kind of waste that big week that he could have salvaged a win or two.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had the big games from Kirk and then, you know, medium games from Singletary and Diggs, 14 and 12, respectively. That was all in the one o'clock games. Although obviously the Buffalo Minnesota game bled into the four o'clock window with going to overtime. Uh, but certainly he had enough points on the board early to, you know, I, I maybe justify making the action. Again, Kenyon Drake would have been the guy with a bye week that even at, after the one o'clock games kicked off, he could have caught and picked up a quarterback for. All right. Enough picking on Mikey. Yeah, enough picking on Mikey. Now it's time for our podcast favorite listening en route to Charlotte right now. Josh Wobble. Two uh, and again. I mean, what more can we say? I, I really feel like we should just record the Josh segment every time. And just replay it because once again, two and zero. Oh, he's only lost games. This is week ten. He's only lost games on two weeks. All right, we played double headers. He's got four losses. Both of those were O oh in two weeks. Eight other weeks he's gone two and zero. Oh, so once again, another great job. And guess what? Led by Patty Mahomes, thirty points again, three hundred thirty-one passing yards, four touchdowns. It's 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 video game numbers right now. Um, but then he also got you know solid performances from Gabe Davis and Travis Kelsey and Amon Ross St. Brown. I feel like it's nitpicking if John, if we're going to go out there and try and poke holes in in Josh's roster. Maybe with Juju Smith Schuster, he needs a wide receiver three. Drake London at least got in the end zone last week. Um, uh, but really feels like John to me, running back maybe starting to become a question mark for, for Josh here. What do you think? Yeah, looking at Kamara, what did he do this week? Three? He put yeah, he put
1: up a yeah, three against week. Against Pittsburgh that is not having the best defensive year this year.
0: On um, the heels of a six the week before.
1: Yeah, I don't know that you go out and make a move, but it's I wouldn't be well, I'm not as confident right now as I was Week two, three, looking at his team and looking at his chances. I mean, he's definitely making the playoffs. However, Absolutely. he's
0: just like, got the first round by secured mathematically pretty soon,
1: if not already. I don't think he quite has it mathematically yet, but yeah, one more win, will do it. One one more week, will do it, really. Um, But I don't know about his chances in the playoffs. You know, he, he put up a 92 this week, which most weeks,
0: that's not really holding up not against playoff teams also, right? I mean, that's the other, you know, you're playing against playoff teams and last week, the week before, 91 points. So, you know, he's he's getting these two and a weeks, but maybe it's just a matter of, I think A, scoring is down across the board. So it's harder to see those big 120, 130 point numbers. But yeah, that makes, I'm going back through the schedule and that's three weeks in a row where Wobbles put up between 91 and 93 points. I mean, he's settling into a nice consistent range. In fact, the week prior to that, 82. Just going back through the weeks. Yeah, is he, dare I say, and I, I look, I know we've been so complimentary of Josh all season long on this podcast. Dare I say that he's a little overrated? Is that no. fair?
1: No, that's not. Is, fair. is he
0: just getting lucky? that he's playing the right opponents on the right weeks?
1: There's there's an element to luck of luck to getting to sixteen and four, sure, but his team is still from top to bottom the best roster in the league.
0: It correct, but he's lacking running back depth. Um, I, you know, one of the reasons he can't make a move right now or wasn't able to make a move for another player. I know he wanted to, uh, but. He didn't want to give up one of his running backs, uh, Kamara and Miles Sanders, because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is basically his his third running back at this point. He's almost out of a job. He only played five snaps last week. He's got Kenneth Gainwell on his roster who played. I guess it's the nicest thing you can say about him last week. He didn't score any fantasy points. So Josh doesn't have any running backs fantasy points on his bench. So you know, if you wanted to take a pessimistic approach or if, if you're another owner and you think, hey, you know what? This isn't locked up. I can still win this year. I think that's your silver lining. A, Josh has not won. Um, he has not cracked 100 points since week five. So if you can meet, you know, you can crack 100 points, you could beat Team Wobble. The other thing is, like I said, you know, Edwards Alaire gone um, from fantasy relevance, so to speak. Uh, he also lost Zach Ertz for the year this past week. That was one of his trade chips he was trying to work out a deal for, knowing that he had Travis Kelsey. Zach Ertz is now worthless um, from this year's perspective. I don't know if Josh has anything he can do to improve his team. His wide receiver options on the bench are so-so. And, you know, one injury, and and he's going to be starting someone that's uh, like a dart throw at that point.
1: You say if you can put up 100 points, you can beat him. But how many people are putting up 100 points each week? Uh, As this season has gone on, I think we've seen all of the teams start to suffer. You look at the other teams that we have said are are strong uh, chances for the the playoffs, and everybody's suffering. Take, for example, my team, right? Josh beat me 92-73 to this week. Jamar Chase doesn't look like he's coming back this week like they had originally said, and Cooper Cup on IR. So my team that was putting up really strong weeks, week in and week out, has greatly suffered. It's a war of attrition right now to see who can make it to week 17 with a healthy starting lineup.
0: It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, anyone's game. You know, Wobble's still leading far and away with number of points scored on the year. So, you know, he's he's tops in that regard. But can he be beaten? He, like I said, he's going to have that first round bye, almost certainly. He's got to win two weeks win the championship at this point um if he can win week 16 week 17 he'll get it if someone and it's gonna be one of the top four teams in the league gets a crack at him yeah you know what he can go down so um he's put himself in the best possible position i think getting that first round by almost locked up we'll confirm that in a week or two when it's official but it seems like uh you know if anything he's coming back to earth and you know the other teams are are smelling blood in the water here some of the other contenders so john you would count as one of those other contenders um even though he beat you you still salvaged the week one and one um, you beat Flynn's Flax, 73 to 58. That's quite the barn burner. Um, yeah. But you know what? I'm going to give you credit. You, you've been searching for your QB all year. And I think you've you got QB1 locked in now with Tua. Um, you put up 23 points this week, 285 yards, three passing touchdowns. And John, I'm going to say something that you're going to like to hear. I think you take Tua overall, but maybe a half dozen other quarterbacks in the league right now.
1: Yeah, I think I'll he's trade, firmly in that second t- tier.
0: I'll trade you Tua for Fields. No, he's not about Fields. <laughs> no, and he's not, you know, you've got Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, and maybe you throw Jalen Hurts in that top tier. Uh, but after that, you've got, you know, a step down. You've got Lamar Jackson, maybe. You've got, you know, certainly I'll, Justin Fields. But Tua's right I'll, there with those guys.
1: I'll take Tua over Lamar. There you go. If if Tommy offered me Lamar for Tua tomorrow and the money would actually work out, which it wouldn't, I'm sticking with Tua. How
0: about Tua over Justin Herbert? Oh, definitely. Tua over Dak Prescott? Yes. There you go. I mean, that's why I say he's probably a top six, top seven QB in the league right now. Fun fact, fun fact that I saw Tua is the first Miami
1: quarterback to go three games throwing three touchdowns in each of the games and zero interceptions.
0: You're kidding. Nope. You're telling me Jay Fiedler never did that? Yeah. No Scott Mitchell? He's in the record books. Brock Heward never did that? Oh, man. (laughs) And this concludes the list of random obscure Miami quarterbacks that I know. Heward play for Miami? Oh, of course he did. He was their starter oh, for one or two unmemorable
1: seasons. Yeah, he's, he's the local uh, ESPN radio guy out here.
0: Ah, that's right. Did he go to Washington, you, UW? He, he he did. There you go.
1: Okay. This concludes Brock were Talk. <laughs> Good that he's still getting podcast mentions in 2022. Yeah. I mean, tune in to 710 The Game.
0: You can get it on your speaker, uh, Brock and Salk in the morning. It's a great show. Well, John, in addition to your uh, Brock Heward 2.0 Tua, you've got some guys that are starting to you know, become viable players here. I mean, Chris Godwin's more of a return to prominence, but he put up 70 in a touchdown. Donovan Peebles-Jones, man, almost cracked 100 yards. Um, so you got to be feeling good about that spot. And, you know, of course, Cooper Cup, you swap out basically at this stage for Tyreek Hill. I don't love the Cup for Hill swap uh, just
1: from a contract standpoint, but I was kind of forced into it. Um, you were backed into a corner of making the decision of, do I really want to cut my losses? I was kind of in the same position, but with a better record, looking at it saying, well, my team's falling apart on me. I've got the record. I've got some pieces. So do I really want to make a move and and try to improve my team? And I think that from a production standpoint, Cup for Hill pretty even. I'm not sure that I have the opportunity to franchise Hill like I would have
0: Cup. So that's the trade-off we got there. Yep. I, you know what? I, I get it. Tyreek Hill, I wasn't going to franchise him. He'll be 55 next year if you choose to, or if you trade him with someone who does, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, based on his performance this year, if he cracks 2000 yards, which he's on pace to do certainly, you know, that's worth $55, but yeah. Um, I'm assuming that, that someone will have interest in him in that price tag. So you'll yeah, have to right yeah. a
1: first refusal. And then on top of that uh, I'm going to have to trim down my roster to be able to make the cap. Once that, that trade goes through, I, I'm not going to be able to field a full uh, bench. Another sort of handcuff that I have moving forward.
0: Well, I mean, you've got three defenses on your team now. I'm wondering if maybe you could get by with fewer than three defenses. Uh, you got to play the matchups.
1: And uh, That's a lot of matchups. And the whole strategy of if I have them and they have a good matchup, then Sean
0: can't pick them up off the waiver wire and get lucky with the defense again. I see. Well, another team that did not get lucky, the team that you beat, 58 points out of Flynn's flock. They're still above 500. Just a, a rough week all around. I mean, you tell me 15 points out of his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he Jimmy Jeans or Jimmy Jorts with a 15? I don't think you call him Jimmy Jorts over a fifteen. It's not Jimmy Jeans with a fifteen. Are we calling him Jimmy Capris? Is it right in that cutoff point, like mid ankle? Jimmy Clam Diggers? There we go. We'll work on it. We'll work up a few options to get back to everyone.
1: But you look at his team, uh, relying on Taysom Hill at tight end. He, you know, ouch. And then, I think, yeah, I think his time is coming and gone. And then. What the heck is Philadelphia doing not getting A.J. Brown the ball? Uh, I think he had five passes go his way Monday night. Uh, no, he had four. Four targets. Four. Four targets. That is unacceptable. A, a receiver of that caliber, caliber, you're losing to the Washington Commanders. Feed your best wide receiver. Instead, understand. he gets one catch for seven yards, gets a goose egg for Danny.
0: That's frustrating. And Not that he would have done this, but we could play the what-if game. All right, if he had benched A.J. Brown, well, incidentally, he could have benched any one of his players. Uh, Jalen Waddle, which, again, not going to do. Maybe you justify Mari Cooper. I don't blame him for, you know, you start Cooper. But he did have a young man on his bench, formerly known as Concussion Watson. But now I think we got to call him Touchdown Watson. Christian Watson had 170 yards, three touchdowns on Danny's bench, um, 28 points. One of those things, what are you going to do? He was never going to start him. There was no justifiable reason to start him. In fact, if he was going to bench any of his players, it would have been for Michael Pittman, who was on his bench and didn't do much. Um, but yeah, Christian Watson, Um Hasn't done anything in you know, the last two weeks, puts up a combined three points, was injured before that. So he hasn't done anything since like October 2nd when he caught a touchdown, a short touchdown against uh, New England. Now all of a sudden he explodes. Uh, well, and what you, see do? This,
1: you see this every year where yeah. one week it'll be one receiver uh, that will have a huge game. And then the next week it's a different receiver. Yeah, there's no way anybody in their right mind is starting one of those Green Bay receivers and counting on them to actually put up decent numbers.
0: Yeah, I think the question maybe is a little more interesting at quarterback when Aaron Rodgers. Now, despite those three touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers only put up an 18 uh, on the week, which is incidentally tied with Kenny Pickett on Danny's bench. So he's got Jimmy Garoppolo, Kenny Pickett, Aaron Rodgers. And it really feels like, you know, the age old saying, which I'm paraphrasing here. But if you have three quarterbacks, you have none. You know, Dan's got to pick the matchups every week. And, you know, he may only have a one in three chance of getting it right, mathematically speaking. So,
1: well, I feel like Danny should make some moves if he actually wants to make a playoff run.
0: Well, he did make a move, which we'll get to in a minute, but it certainly doesn't address his quarterback position. Um, but no, we got one last team to cover that went two and zero this week, John, and squeaked by uh, by a score of 81 to 79 to 72. Philadelphia unruly fans needed a big bounce back week. Um, one week after leaving Brandon Cooks in his lineup, uh, knowing he'd be out on that Thursday game, Joe bounces back again. Maybe this is more lucky than good, but he bounces back. He wins there, 81 points. He got listen to this. He got 31 points combined out of Josh Allen and Christian McCaffrey in 19 and a 12. they got the same amount, 19 and 12, from Deontay Foreman and MVS um, combined there as well. So when you can get, you know, star level performances from those bit players and and waiver pickups, um, you know, it's just enough to push you over the goal line there, no no pun intended, and uh, get you a win. And it got Joe two wins right back in the thick of things, 10, 9, and 1 now.
1: Yeah, and you know, you would think that McCaffrey's going to be putting up more than 12 each week from here on out. Um, Not sure that MVS and Foreman are going to keep up with those numbers but riding with Josh Allen and McCaffrey you gotta like your chances
0: yeah I mean you know I think Josh Allen had some questions coming in was he going to you know be able to play I I wasn't 100% certain that he was going to play with the uh uh the UCL injury he had going into the game but you know he looked fine and so fortunately crisis averted there for Joe running back wise I think he's set you know McCaffrey in a form and certainly viable options and he's got Zeke Elliott if he's going to come back in Um, on his bench and James Robinson as you know a fourth running back Um, so he's got options there wide receivers where he's struggling though and this again if he wants to make a move maybe he taps into that running back depth for a wide receiver because to your point I don't know if you count on MVS um, he's got Mike Evans coming up on a buy DJ Moore still has his buy yet to come and his wide receivers are on his bench are Robbie Anderson and Brandon Cook so just I mean not a lot of great options there Joe could be right for the pickings to tumble out if he doesn't get those big performances from his QB and running backs his wide receivers almost certainly are not going to carry him down the stretch here.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough out there with the wide receiver position.
0: Well, and you know he squeaked by Tommy. He beat Tommy by two. So obviously, Tommy, when you lose by two, you got to look at some things. Uh, the big hey, thing. Just that a, think, just a note on Tommy's yes. team. Yes,
1: he did get the Hurts over Jackson start correct again.
0: That's right. He did. We got to give him credit for that. Um, yeah. Good Jalen Hurts, twenty-one points, uh, which outscored Lamar Jackson by twenty-one points. Um, so no, good job. I mean, he didn't start Lamar Jackson on the bye, and we got to unfortunately in this league give people credit for that sometimes.
1: Yeah, unfortunately for for Tommy, he left uh, Raheem Mostert on his bench and started uh, Montgomery instead. So that was a a tough break for him there.
0: Yeah, a little bit of a homer call there. Uh, Montgomery had been kind of losing ground to Justin Herbert over the weeks. And, of course, you don't want to start a running back. Anytime you can avoid starting a running back against the vaunted Detroit Lions defense. (laughs) I can't even say with a straight face myself. Uh, But, no, I mean, you know, Raheem Mostert puts up the 15 on his bench, cost him one of the two games, unfortunately. So, you know, tough break there. Good news for Tommy. I, I don't know if you call it good news because he's a Bears fan, but Khalil Herbert now going on IR, short-term IR, but he'll be out at least for the remainder of the regular season for fantasy football owners. So it gives Montgomery kind of a uh, starring role in Chicago's backfield there. Yeah. And just looking at Tommy's team, once again, he's got
1: running back position. He's pretty fine at, you know, with Henry, Mostert, uh, Montgomery, wide receiver. He's got Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, and then wide receiver three is once again, where he, he could really... Use some improvement.
0: Yeah, I mean, Darnell Mooney does have Justin Fields, all world Justin Fields throwing to him. Put up a five this past week, which you know maybe is enough to convince Tommy to hold on to him and keep him there. But uh, in that you know third wide receiver slot, but just really feels like here's the problem with with Darnell Mooney: his ceiling is has been a ten this year. He's only scored one touchdown on the season. Otherwise, you know he's you know good for between five and ten points every week. And I guess maybe if you want consistency out of your wide receiver three, you're that's good enough. But just feels like that's just enough to you know, come up short, either in the playoff race or the postseason.
1: Hey, and we do have to give Tommy credit. I believe he called a shot. He called that he has fixed his tight end woes when he picked Whoa. up Foster Moreau. Yeah, and he started got, him over Dawson Knox. It, and got a 10, 40, yeah. 40 yards and a touchdown. Good
0: job, Tom. And You know what? That's plus five points there. Didn't end up making the difference in either game. Um, but certainly when you can, you know, get positive uh, points by, you know, making the right waiver pickup and start sit decision, um, you're in a good spot there. So, you know, good job in that regard, Tommy. Um,
1: you, you you do have to give him a little bit of criticism, you know, where Sean is a waiver wire rain man with defenses. Tommy is not. Tommy started, decided to start the Falcons defense this week.
0: Yeah. I think he was playing the matchups, I guess, at Carolina <laughs> uh, on a Thursday night. Maybe you're hoping for one of those sloppy Thursday games, um, but yeah, only got him three points. So uh, presumably could have found a different defense and gotten five or more points and gotten, you know, a six points of win over the unruly fans, but
1: you know, yeah. And, and then what can you do? Joe and Tommy decided to beat up on some, some turtles this week.
0: Yeah. The tortoises fell again. 0 and two, not totally out of playoff contention, but at eight and 12, certainly have work to do. And, and maybe some introspection here. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, they had the points from their Dallas Cowboys. They got 18 from Dak 18 from Pollard, who was playing again. You know, Pollard's great. Tony Pollard, when Zeke's not playing, he's, and that was half back. their points. Yeah. 36 points out of those guys, 36 points out of the rest. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy. That's a tough break. What was it? You know, the first play or something to that effect. Um, where he went out very early in the first quarter. He's not expected to miss extended time, uh, but probably would be pretty tough to trust him next week at bare minimum. One point out of his tight end, Evan Ingram. Um, yeah, just, I mean, didn't really have a lot of other options there. I, I do uh, have some Eckler bad news.
1: Point. I've got
0: some bad news for you. For me? Yeah, I, I know you've been angling to trade for Deontay
1: Johnson. He, his upward trajectory is, is continuing to go. Like His price is just
0: getting more and more. He had 63 yards this week. He did, and you know what? Let me tell you something. All right, Ricky lost both of his games by, by you know, he would have gone two and zero if he had scored ten more points. I'm going to share something with you. Um, This is a little behind the scenes. Ricky and I had a trade worked out, um, or close to being worked out. We're in the process of it. Uh, I was going to trade him Tyreek Hill in exchange for Austin Eckler, and I asked for one other piece, and I'm sure you can guess what it is. (laughs) Oh, he said he said no to that just because he wanted to hang on to Deontay Johnson. He had sent me over. It was in my inbox, the straight up Eckler for Tyreek Hill trade, basically saying he was going to go with, this is before he made his other trade, but he was going to go with Tony Pollard and Jamal Williams as his running backs, trade Eckler, get Tyreek Hill, and just would not pull the trigger um, of adding Deontay Johnson into the equation. So the entire Tyreek Hill-Austin Eckler trade hinged on the inclusion of Deontay Johnson, couldn't come to an agreement, the whole thing fell apart, and then Ricky decided he yanked the original offer. Originally, he was going to leave that offer out there. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was going to yank it. He pulled it, and then he texted me, and he said, Week 11 is a very important week for playoff contention. He was playing against me, and he was playing against you. Mm-hmm. And in the division, he wanted to focus on that. He said, that's the Dolphins' bye week, acquiring Tyreek Hill with a bye week in a must-go 2-0 and week is a big disadvantage. So he refused to make the trade on that account. And then he failed to point out uh, to me, or probably more importantly to himself, that going 2-0 this week, week 10, <laughs> would have been also important. Had he made that trade and, and included Deontay Johnson, Tyreek Hill would have put up more points. Uh, Jamal Williams would have put up more points than Eckler. And you know what? He would have gone 2-0. So he went from being 10-10 and 10 at this point in the season to being 8-12, all because he wanted to focus on next week. And so this is the fantasy football equivalent of a trap game. He yeah. overlooked what was right in front of him. And Tommy and Joe just pick them apart. Mm. Um, so sorry, Rick. Um, you know, it was a, just a, a complete bonafide error on your part, I will say.
1: Yeah. Well, that takes care of the wrap up from week 10. Let's take a quick break. Uh, let's see who, who we've got to sponsor this week. And, and then I think we've got a couple trades to talk about and some preview of some upcoming week 11 must win games. This episode of A Bit of Fallatio is brought to you by Detroit Roadies owner and podcast host Jason Geller, who would like to take this opportunity to publicly apologize to anyone who has been offended by recent podcast ad reads. This podcast has no intention of offending any of its listeners, as far as you know. Going forward, we will be much more cognizant of the feelings of our listeners and will do our best to avoid causing sadness and distress for anyone. Recent events have caused us to review all of our advertising policies and we are committed to making this podcast a safer space for everyone. Thank you for your understanding as we grow better together.
0: All right, welcome back. Uh, as we promised, we are going to dive into some of the trades that went down, some of them dating back all the way back to Wednesday. You know, those are my least favorite set of trades is trades that happened just after we released the podcast, all the way through trades that happened just a couple hours ago. John, I'm still angry at you for not letting me reveal to you my decision on whether or not I was going to trade you Tyree Kill live on the podcast, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to get your actual reaction live on the air when I clicked yes or no. I don't think that if
1: I agreed to that, that the trade goes through. I don't think that it makes for good content say, oh, I accepted your trade. I'm not going to be ecstatic and go crazy over it. The only outcome that would have made for good content is for you to go off the rails and on some rant about why you're denying the trade and how you're such a better fantasy football owner than me and what I could go do with a flagpole. So (laughs) I'm not going to give you that opportunity.
0: Okay. but you, you honestly thought that it was going to be me telling you to get lost and all this stuff. And it really was, it's tough for me. This was tough because making these set of trades, I I made two trades. I made one with you where I traded you Tyree kill and Kirk cousins, but that was more of a cap throw in got Cooper cup. Who's just basically locked into my franchise spot for next year. And then Russell Wilson, again, as a cap throw in piece by doing that, I traded you my best wide receiver for a guy that I'm not going to use. And I even gave you a better quarterback. I mean, I made pretty quickly cut. Uh, Russell Wilson as soon as he lands on my roster I have no use for him so this was me completely punting to next year and it's just tough to do that I mean you heard me say all season long on this podcast it's a race to get into the playoffs once you get into the playoffs anything can happen and I knew I had games against you and Ricky this week and maybe I could go 2-0 and get you to go 0-2 on your you know Armageddon uh, week this week and then I'm one game out of the, the division lead then can I you know beat you down the stretch and, and get a few more wins on there I could have It's just it was going to take a lot of things going right, and it was tough to pass on acquiring Cooper Cup, who I'll have next year at $31 at a sizable discount from what he would go in an auction. So, yeah, it just kind of stings a little bit to not be able to, you know, give my full all this year. But I honestly think that between that trade and the other trade I made here where I traded with Danny, these were two trades that I needed to make simultaneously or do none at all. I traded him DK Metcalf and DeAndre Swift, both of who were franchise tag candidates for me next year at $17 for DK and $30 for Swift, which I don't know if I was going to pay that much for him. But DK at least was a, a candidate there. Instead, I got Michael Pittman, who's signed to $2 through next year. That's the long-term thing. Najee Harris was honestly just kind of a salary cap throw and Danny needed to make room in order to bring on you know, some extra salaries. But I brought in Najee effectively in place of Swift. I brought in Pittman in place of uh, Tyreek Hill. I brought in um, really from my bench, Brandon Ayuk instead of DK Metcalf. I kind of can justify it as maybe not that much of a downgrade across the board. Um, I'm still fighting for this year and we'll see what happens.
1: The the other reason why I didn't want to wait for the podcast is because as soon as I fa- found out the cup was going on the IR and wasn't going to be back until week 15 at the latest or at the earliest, earliest. I started shopping him. So I had other deals, other offers out there and I had put them out there And the first one to accept was getting it. So I didn't want you to have a deal set and you're going to accept it. But then we wait just for the podcast and Cup is already gone. A little bit of inside baseball. Rick had offered me Eckler for Chase. Now, I'm not giving up Chase with him coming back and I'm still playing for this season. However, I would definitely take Eckler for Cup. Their Cup and Chase going into next year are essentially the same, right? They're a high-performing, low-dollar franchise wide receiver going into next season. So if you're trading away Eckler and giving up on the season, I don't see why Rick wouldn't have accepted that. But Rick texted me back as we were starting this podcast tonight saying that he didn't have a chance to look at it because he was coaching a double header tonight. So Rick may have missed out on Cooper Cup for next year because
0: he was coaching T-ball. Well, Brent, I hope you're paying attention. This is what you have to look forward to maybe not next year, but in like two or three years when your kid starts playing T-ball because he's a bon and contrary and I'm sure he's an athlete that'll be ahead of the curve. Um, But yeah, welcome to parenting. This is what it does.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure if my trade to acquire Hill is really going to save me. Chase still not coming back yet, not fully healthy. We'll see what he's like when he does come back. I still have some question marks. The good thing for me is I match up against Detroit roadies, identify as league champ and Chuliota tortoises, and gingerbread men the one team that i have that is going to give me a challenge week 14 i do match up against you'll see so other than that i've got a really good shot at going
0: seven and one to finish out the season you know and, and with that and one of those games being against you you'll see who's currently one game ahead of you for that second uh, uh first round by slot yeah i mean you got a chance to get that all important first round bye as well if you can do that seven and one and get that win against tommy there
1: yeah, so hopefully Rick keeps shopping Eckler and finds a buyer for Eckler this week, and I don't have to play Eckler.
0: Well, maybe it makes sense for him, and, and you're right. you know, that, that, you know that if he, if he wants to commit to next year, that would be the biggest chip remaining, it looks like, out there on the trade market to move. But yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but this happened early um, last week, right after we released the podcast. Rick did make a move here. And I, man, this, I, I don't get this move. Rick traded to Venutolo. The mob got uh, Jamal Williams, who is $10 for this year only. And then Corey Davis, who's on a dollar deal through dollar deal through next year. And in return, Ricky got Garrett Wilson, who's also on a dollar deal for 2023 and Gus Edwards. It just really feels like kind of shuffling stuff around. I mean, Jamal Williams, I feel like is better than Gus Edwards. Garrett Wilson, certainly better long term than Corey Davis, but it really feels like a low impact move. They're not a lot of needle movers. What do you think? Well, I was going to ask you, do you think Rick was just overthinking it? I felt like Jamal Williams this year would have been viable, especially given you know the, the lack of strong running back candidates out there. Jamal Williams just is getting all the goal line carries in Detroit, and that offense is moving the ball, so he's getting a lot of opportunities for six there. Garrett Wilson certainly the best player long-term of the deal, and Corey Davis is, is not someone that – I mean, for a dollar, but I'd still rather have Garrett Wilson, who's on the upward trajectory of his career than Corey Davis, who's getting older. Just didn't do much, so I don't know. It's a big swing, um, but, yeah, Rick's still got Eckler, so maybe his big swing is still yet to come. We'll see. We will see. And then one other trade that we didn't talk about, this is the one that, that kind of got hung up in the deal here with uh, Kyle Pitts playing on Thursday night. So it's been pending out there forever. But Sean got CeeDee Lamb and Elijah Moore. We got to call it Elijah Moore's contract because it's kind of a contract Albatross, $11 through 2024. Just a tough contract to have to take on. He did get out from under the Kyle Pitts contract, $19 through next year. He did have to move Keenan Allen. And we'll see if he comes back, but Brett got Keenan Allen as well in the deal. And then the best long-term piece that Brett got was uh, Carl Pickens at $5 for three or two more years, excuse me. You know, I, I struggle. I feel like, you know, Elijah Moore and Pitts almost could have been excluded from that. They're both just kind of long-term contracts that you, you know, are kind of tied to. But yeah, I mean, George Pickens, I think I said Carl Pickens, which is, you know, 20 years ago, he played for the Bengals. Um, <laughs> but no, George Pickens, um, certainly, uh, you know, probably the, you know, the, the star, the highest long-term thing. So Brett focused on next year, Sean focused on this year. Sure enough, now Brett is uh, right back in the thick of things. And Sean went one-on-one. Um, they're all kind of fighting in the middle now. <laughs>
1: You know, we mentioned it earlier. I I think Pitts probably didn't have to be included. Sean, I'm sure, just wanted to get rid of him. It's kind of fitting, kind of funny that Pitts burns him one more time.
0: It is. I I just wonder, though, do you just kind of swallow, you know, take that on for one more year? Because now he's got Elijah Moore for two years. And maybe Elijah Moore becomes a piece. Uh, Maybe he gets traded. Maybe he works his way back into the Jets' rotation. But for now, he's got, you know, almost the same amount of dollars, 11 versus 19. Um, you felt like Pitts at least had a path to be coming back to fantasy relevance. I, I struggle to think from where Elijah Moore finished last season to think that he's going to be worthless. So maybe that's what Sean's betting on here, but I, I just, it feels like you're, you're just, now you're pushing the commitment two years out instead of one year. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have made that same move, but hey, it's Sean. He probably knows better. Well, but you know what? He's focused on this year. He definitely got the best player in the deal, Ceedee lamb. He bought at the right time because if he'd waited a little bit longer, that price tag certainly would have gone up after this week's game. So um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got uh, a wide receiver run wide receiver one coming on board. Now it's just a matter of, you know, he doesn't have Keenan Allen. So he's still surrounding him with Lazard and Adam Thielen as his next best options. Um, but we talked about Sean's running backs over the weeks here, Saquon and Damian Pierce. And then he's still got James Conner in the rotation and, and Algiers is four. He's strong there. And I think he can, maybe make a move for one of them or just try and ride it out. I mean, Lazard, if he comes back to full health, you know, could be, you know, the beneficiary of a Rodgers uh, pick me week once or twice here. <laughs> and, um, you know, Adam Thielen's serviceable. He hasn't been great. He's, you know, kind of his best days are behind him, but, you know, he can get you six to eight points on a given week. Sure. So with that, all right, we got to look ahead to week 11 here. We've got some teams are going to be hit hard by buys. John, I know you're one of them. Let's look at your team. First off, we've talked about you know who you're facing you've got me you've got the tortoises this john it gives you a chance this week to put two of your competitors away pretty much for the season if you go two and oh here i rick and i are pretty much done right that's
1: like i said why i'm i'm hoping i'm pulling for rick to move eckler and uh pick up some pieces for next year so yeah as, as long as i can get through this week uh i'll i'll need some help with the buys but then it should be smooth sailing for the rest of the season get jamar chase back
0: yeah, I mean, your, your team, you know, you're dealing with, you know, four teams on by Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Seattle, you've got someone from each of those spots. And that's even before you get Tyree Kill on your roster. But, yeah, you know, you've got, you know, now Kirk Cousins will be your starting quarterback, presumably, for this week. Um, you've got Isaiah Pacheco, who's, again, seeing his role grow uh, next to Nick Chubb in your lineup there. Wide receiver is going to be tough, but if you can, eke out some points there this week, um, you should be uh, really just down to you and Brett. And, again, Brett just lost or traded away C.D. Lamb. So, You know, you could coast out the division with a strong week this week. That'll be a big game for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't have confidence in Sky Moore in my starting lineup. You don't think he's going to be the
0: guy in Kansas City to get all the points this week? I'm very excited to see Sky Moore in your lineup. And look, I told you, I'm not ready to give up on the season. I made some moves to focus on next year. But I think, look, with Justin Fields, I can knock you off. Absolutely, I can knock you off when you're starting Sky Moore and Darius Slayton. Hey, hey, hey.
1: I've got some waiver claims. And, you know, just going to say I may or may not have a
0: waiver claim for a certain uh, Demir Bird out there <laughs> i can promise you john it, it was very gutsy of you to say that knowing that i have waiver priority over you but i can guarantee you i will not be putting in a claim <laughs> Damien or bird um, even though he did have some garbage time uh, points on thursday last week um, one other game i want to look forward to i'd be remiss if we didn't call this out we've got three teams playing that are all within one game of each other in the standings within half a game of 500 all of them we've got flynn's flock philadelphia boneheads and the league champ brett all facing off against each other. That's a team that's 10-9 and 1 against a team that's 10 and 10 against a team that's 9-10-1. Man, those three teams, they're all going to be fighting for playoff spot here. Whoever goes 2-0, man, probably gonna make the playoffs almost. If you can hang, you know, three losses on, on two of your competition that way, certainly a, a chance for one of them to emerge from the muck there in that 500. Right
1: well, so make a prediction. Who do you think's coming out on top out of the, out of that matchup? You wanna put me on the
0: spot here? Yeah, I mean, I'll
1: knowing be... that knowing that CeeDee Lamb is going to Sean. That's right.
0: Um... I'll, so I'll take I'll take. Brett out of the equation. I don't think Brett is going to win that one. Andrew's got a tough break where he's going to have to figure out. We talked about Tampa's bye week here. Um, His best running back two options next to Dalvin Cook are Fournette and Rashad White, both of whom will be out this week. So it's really a matter of looking at Flynn's flock. Don't really have any bye week issues. Um, They're getting Well, I guess he is getting DK Metcalf who will now be out of the uh equation this week with a bye but wide receiver has never been an issue he's gonna have josh Jacobs. he's getting detroit's deandre swift to start there <laughs> i think deandre swift has a big weekend i'm coming up here against the giants i'm gonna take danny flynn to go 2-0 and this week
1: yeah. well you know he he did go ahead and put christian watson in his starting lineup for this week already so that can pretty much guarantee that watson's gonna put up a goose egg you know he might it's gonna be that ugly thursday night game so we'll yeah, find out early pro- here. probably gonna get a zero out of his tight end um that's not nice Taysom hill could get a one this week
0: Okay, we'll give him a one at tight end. He set his lineup, though, John. Here's the question. He's going with Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback? He's going with Jimmy over, over Kenny Pickett and Aaron Rodgers. Is that's, that the right call? It, we can't tell it, him. Can we tell him? Can, can we tell him? I, is it the right call? Uh, I've got confidence in Jimmy Jeans. So. You know why I think it's the right call? Because Jimmy Jeans is playing on Monday night, and he's got Arizona, which is the matchup you, know, you like to see, I suppose. But I just like having the, the last chance to answer. I would so much rather be down by 15 or 20 points with a quarterback going into Monday night than being up. And having to sweat out someone else, you know, scoring points on Monday night football. I love chasing someone down on Monday nights. And I'd rather have the Monday night game to watch than the Thursday night game just on principle.
1: Yeah. And then Andrew's got Justin Jefferson. They've got him projected for a 13 going up against Dallas that just gave up a huge game to Christian Watson. You've got to like Justin Jefferson's chances of putting up 28 to 35 points this week. That is asking a lot out of him.
0: But Andrew certainly believes in him. Uh, pretty much half the league, I believe, reached out to him for a trade, was told that Justin Jefferson was as close to untouchable as it gets. My offer to him, I'll, I'll share this, just so you know what what Andrew was turning down, I offered him Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, and he turned it down. Um, and so Andrew's going to continue to start. R- right now, he's got Mike Williams in his lineup. I don't know if Mike Williams is going to make it back. It's a Sunday night game. Um,
1: well, all right. So you you offered him DK and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, Hill. yes.
0: Je- Justin Jefferson is at $9.00. Right. It was for me, it was get Justin Jefferson to franchise for the next. uh, For Andrew, it would be Hill and Jefferson are kind of even. I think Justin Jefferson on a per game basis is because Tyreek Hill hasn't had his bye week yet. However, adding DK Metcalf in the improvement in this year's lineup, DK Metcalf certainly an upgrade over whatever wide receiver three would be at Mike Williams, Jacoby Myers, or Noah Brown again. Certainly that would be an upgrade there. So it was really more about how much Andrew was willing to sacrifice for the future uh, to improve this year's team. And he wasn't willing to give up the Justin Jefferson franchise tag option for the next couple of years. I think he made the right call there. I understand. I can't be mad at him for it. But it was, I felt like it was a fair offer at the very minimum. Yeah. Well, you got anything else, Jay? Anything else that is fantasy football related, John? But I do need to ask you, how are we doing across the world? What are our stats looking like?
1: Oh, uh, well, I know one particular person who is in Canada who I can guarantee you is not listening.
0: Who's not listening in Canada? Uh, Emily had to make a quick trip up to Canada to pick up some walruses. Wait, wait, hang on. I'm having trouble processing the last statement. Pick up as well, in lift? Pick up as in like transport back? What is yeah, she? She's part of the transport team that's uh, getting some walruses and driving them across the border. I, I'm just i'm still struggling with this hang on so she's part of the trance does she lift the walruses up do they no she's in, charge of, she's in charge of all the paperwork all
1: the import permits and all that good stuff so she's she's there to make sure that they get across the border without
0: issue so she needs to physically be there she's in canada she could be helping us out with our international numbers right now but she's not listening she is definitely not tuning in she has not listened to a single
1: episode uh, I, don't I believe your wife has listened to a single
0: episode either She hasn't, but if she was over the seas or international waters or anything like that, effect, I would ask her to to at least tune in. Maybe we can ask Emily to play us for the Walruses, see if the Walruses like the show.
1: But since you asked, Jay, um, we've got 178 total listens, according to our analytics here on Anchor. 2%
0: of those are from Germany. So wait a second. That's an improvement every single week, because the first week we were at less than 1%. Now we're at 1%, or then we were at 1%. Now we're at 2%? Correct. Someone in Germany is purposely listening to this podcast. You know what, John? I'm going to make an executive decision here. I don't have your authorization to this. You don't know that I'm about to make this offer. If you are in Germany and you're the one that's listening to our show, get in touch with us. Call us in. Call in. We're going to have you on the show next week. If you want to be on the show, you can be on the show next week.
1: I'll do you one better without your authorization.
0: If you are the, the listener from Germany,
1: specifically from Hess, Germany, reach out to us. We will kick Mikey out of the league, and you can <laughs> you can join the league next year.
0: Actually, you know what? I just realized though they did have that game in Munich, uh, the Tampa Bay Seattle game. So I'm wondering if someone was getting prepared and fired up for the uh, international series <laughs> and just wanted to listen to our podcast before that game. Yeah, you so, uh, can talk. But before we take off, we just want to say, Josh, we hope you uh,
1: reached your destination safely. Hopefully, we kept you entertained and awake the whole car trip. Yep, Josh, enjoy Charlotte. And everyone else, uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we do this for your entertainment, not ours. Um, so just thank you. I do you this for to, my entertainment. <laughs> thank you for to everybody. Everyone. Yeah. And uh, remember to like and subscribe and ring that bell for notifications. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.
0: Are you there? No. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me?